Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. So this is supposed to be episode 149, but I had to cancel yesterday's because I hurt my back. And I had a nice long talk with Father Time and let him know that getting old is not conducive to my lifestyle. So if we can slow down with the indus- with the injuries. That would be great. So this is actually episode number 148. And we're going to be talking about how to make money with the money you already have and how to avoid the financial scams that are out there. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce myself to the people who are new to the show. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. It starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again all that stuff and I was like you know what like I want to be able to take this even bigger if you know why you do what you do you have to know how to charge for what you do that's how you're going to change your life and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family you gotta know your work All right, so that is me in a nutshell. So I want to say welcome to anyone watching live. If you're watching over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Share the video because we're going to be sharing some very important information because, you know, this world revolves around around money. People will say it doesn't, but, you know, you kind of need it for everyday living. <laughs> so what better way than to help other people learn how to do, do this as well? So go ahead and hit that share button. So for today's Teachable Moment, I want you to take take a risk. You know, that that's it. Just take a risk. Find something that scares the hell out of you and do it. And even today's topic can tie into that. So, like I said, I'm not an expert in this area. So when I bring my guest on, we'll let, let him share his, his best practices. But just find something that scares the hell out of you and just do it. Whether it's, uh, say, it's an obstacle race. Whether it's reconnecting with someone that may, maybe you lost touch with over time. Just find something and just and just do it. Just get right out of your comfort zone. And then you're going to see that's going to make you more confident in other areas of life. So that is it for that. So it's time to bring my guest on. And who is this guest? You might add, I do this every time I, I took the uh, I took his bio down. <laughs> see, this is what this is why people record because then they can go back and edit stuff out. But I don't have time for all that. So I'll just fill up the airwaves with mindless chatter. There we go until I find it. (laughs) All right. So he has helped real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees with creating their own sources of financing while also growing safe and predictable wealth, all at the same time with the same money. And I also want to read the vision from his website where it says, our favorite part of the day is knowing that clients will never lose money with us since we only recommend working with a solution that has been in existence for over 160 years. Now, that's a bold, confident statement. If I'm going to choose someone to invest my money with, I want to I read something like that. 
and a solution that has made its way through the Great Depression, Great Recession, and COVID-19, and will be around for the next thousand years. Like That's an amazing vision statement. So welcome to the show, Sari Ibrahim. Hey, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to be here. So uh, where are you joining us from? I'm from Chicago, Illinois. The Windy City. <laughs> Very nice. So, you know, I went to Chicago once. I believe it was in 2012. Yeah. And, you know, you always hear about about the pizza. So it's like, I got to get, get me one of them Chicago deep dish pizzas. This thing came to my hotel room. And it was like ten pounds, <laughs> like that. That completely, and I got a small. That completely yeah. threw me off because I can, I can eat a small pizza like it's nothing. I yeah. couldn't finish that thing. It was good though. I gotta say, it was definitely good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like one, what you only need one slice, and you need to, you need a fork and knife because it's, yes. it's so big. <laughs> yes, like the they literally drive a hand to me. I was like, whoa! <laughs> like I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so. Uh, are you originally from there? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And then now I live on the north side of Chicago near uh, where the Cubs play. Oh, nice. That's yeah. uh, that's Wrigley, right? Yeah, Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley Wrigley yep. Nice. Yeah. What that one time I went, I drove to all the like all the landmarks. Of course, you know, I got my my photo with the Michael Jordan statue. Like that oh, was nice. a, that was a must do. Yeah. Then I yeah, drove yeah. drove by the Cubs and the and the White Sox stadiums. Just uh, where are you checking stuff out? I'm in Rhode Island up here in oh, New nice England. Rhode Yes, New England boy. <laughs> All right, so let's dive in. All right, so let, let's start with the question I ask everyone to say, who is Sari? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that. Yeah, so um, what I do right now is I help people um, accomplish their financial goals. I help reduce or mitigate financial problems. So in other words, I talk about money all day long with people. That's yeah. what I specialize in. That's what I help people with. Um, I started this journey about six years ago when I was doing my MBA and uh, I started working uh, for different insurance companies. I, I became almost like a problem solver. I was just talking to people all day long about money and I wanted to make it a, into a long-term career. Uh, so I, you know, a, a lot of ways I like to read is I like to read books and I uh, read one book called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellow. And the book really kind of changed the way I look at money now. Um, and I started a company called Financial Asset Protection. I also have a podcast called Thinking Like a Bank. Yeah, the show is meant to kind of talk about different strategies that banks use and how people could apply these strategies in their life, even if they're not in the financial services industry. So yeah, that's what I do. That's why I want to be on your show today. Talk about talk about money and talk about how we can help people. Love it. All right. So when you were growing up, yeah, what what was your dream job? Yeah, I didn't really know. I, I think lawyer at one point, doctor, you know, just like the kid stuff. You know, I didn't really know what I didn't know. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't really stick. I didn't really have one dream job I wanted to do and stick to it, but I always did want to be self-employed. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Like having your own hours, pretty much do whatever, what you want, whenever you want. Yeah. Um, and that's what I am right now. So I, I think I, I reached one of those, um, childhood dreams of becoming self-employed. I could say that even though you do have your own schedule and you do everything on your own time, it's not easy at all because you also have to pay yourself and you have to make your own money. <laughs> you don't have a paycheck. You don't have a guaranteed biweekly paycheck coming in. You don't have benefits. You have to get those things. And it, it could be, depending on the industry you're in, it could be very difficult, uh, which explains why, you know, most people who are entrepreneurs actually fail. I've, I failed twice as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. This is my third time going back into it. And, you know, and I think, you know, it's just like, and if it doesn't work out this time, I'll, you know, I will always go back to it again. I will never stop. 
Yeah. I think this time it's going to work for sure. I'm thankful. You know, I've built a substantial business right now with client base and, and different methods of acquiring new clients. So I think that um, it's good. But I, I guess this is like advice for people who are in a situation that is tough. Is like if you just keep going, if you just stick through it, it's going to work out eventually. Like whether it's the first time, second time, third time, it's just a matter of time. How many times you're willing to do something until it works out. Yeah, there's, there's a quote I have on my, my Facebook page. It says, failure cannot cope with persistence. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's spot on. Like, if you just keep going, like, there's there's no failure if you keep going. You know, you might, yeah, yeah you might just have to pivot. Yeah. You know, you pivot into something different. And, uh, you know, that's what, like, I'm glad glad you said that because people, people hit these roadblocks. Yeah. And then they just give up. And to say, oh, it's not meant to be or whatever else. And that's it, maybe that's just not the right path. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're very right. Yeah, exactly. People hit these roadblocks and, and then they, they think that it's a sign that they have to quit because it wasn't easy or easy as easy as they thought it was. And I, and I don't think that I think when you're doing when you want to do extraordinary things in life, you're going to have major roadblocks. Yes. And somebody one time asked me, like, what do you think success is? Like, what's your definition of success? And then I said, my definition of success is just to continue going even when life gets in the way. That's like, that's, yes. that's what successful people do. In my opinion, is like, you just keep going. Um, it doesn't really matter if it doesn't work out one time or two times, because I think like academically speaking, like from an ap academic perspective, like imagine you, you take a test, right. And then you get an F on it at the test, like in school, that's like really bad. That's like a bad thing. We want to avoid that. And not only is it bad, but also when you get an F, for example, in math, now you've just imprinted that F and math, and then now they go hand in hand. Now, like math to you is an F. Like yeah. you do very poor in math. Don't do anything with numbers. Don't do anything with math. And I think that's super limiting and super deceiving because that's not true at all. Now, imagine if you studied for that same exact test over again and you took the exact same test again, you're probably not going to get much higher than F. You probably could get an A on that test. But academically speaking, we're not trained that. We were not trained to do something what, like 10 times until we get it. We're yeah. trained that you have only one shot at something. And if you miss that shot, you need to do something completely different. And that's very problematic. That's probably why a lot of people aren't entrepreneurs is because like in entrepreneurship, in, in the entrepreneurship world, you do something once it doesn't work. You do it again, it doesn't work. You do it five times and then it works. Now you're successful. But you got a 20% success rate. That's really, that's actually very good in the business world to do yeah. something five times and for it to work one out of five times, that those are very good stats, you know? But yeah. school teaches us that those are poor. That's a 20% F, you know? So I, I, I want to just make that distinction that you don't want to take things that you've learned in school and the academic world and apply that to business because that could be problematic. Yes, absolutely. Think about professional athletes. You yeah. say, you say, you know, Steph, Steph Curry can shoot three pointers. He hits four out of 10 and that's elite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, where just like you were saying from academic standards, that's yeah. a failure. Yeah. Or e even in baseball, you know, you're hitting over 300, you're still missing three. Uh, uh, you're missing. I mean, you're hitting three out of 10 pitches. Yeah. And, yep. and, and that puts you in the, the upper echelon you yeah. know, of success. So that's one, one thing that I try, I definitely try to preach on this show that like, you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to have perfection. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like people always say, you know, you, you got to go 100% all the time. It's like, <laughs> you really don't. You just have to go harder more than you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think you need 100% attitude and 100% effort. 
But yeah. as far as the results, you don't know what the results are going to be. I don't think yeah. it, it could never be 100% a success result. You don't know that. You know what I mean? But yeah. you do, you can control your ability to put in 100% effort. That is something you yes. can control. I think that's what you want to do. You want to put in 100% effort into things and try. That's a keyword. You always want to try as yeah. hard as you can, as many times as you possibly can. As far as the result, what comes out of that, worry about that later. You know, do the action and yeah. then see what happens. Yeah, see, and, and we can even take it a step further is to do 100% of the right things. Yes, Because, yes. so, you know, there are people who are, like, busy all the time, and then yet they have nothing to show for it. <laughs> but it's, it's like, like, if you're busy all the time, <laughs> right, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, so you said you failed twice as an entrepreneur. So yeah. take, take me through the first time. Yeah, first time um, I was, I had only been working in the professional world for like a year and I was just confident that I could do all of this on my own. So I branched off, uh, started my own independent insurance brokerage and um, I made some money, but the reason why I had to put it on hold and then go back to employment, regular employment was because I couldn't sustain the um the amount of the amount of decrease in pay, I was used to making a lot more money, and then having and then going through that, and then making a lot less, kind of put a huge obstacle in front of me. So I, I started that I, I was was employed, and then quit, became self employed, did that for a whole year, and then after that went back to employment, did that for another year, and then went back to self employed again for a short period of time, like four months. I was doing real estate, I was doing leasing, apartment leasing in Chicago, and still insurance. And then I ended up getting a really good job. So I kind of I put that same business on, on hold and then went back to um, employment. I didn't really see the second time as a failure, really, because it was a good opportunity. But I, I in my opinion, I think entrepreneurship still beats even the best jobs. It still beats it. So I, I worked for about almost a, a year and a half while still running a business on the side. And then um, about right after COVID, I then went back to entrepreneurship for the third time. And then now I've been doing that since then. Um, I've been able to maintain my business, maintain my relationships, maintain my clients and everything. And now I've kind of just hitting it. Now I'm actually working harder and more hours than all the jobs I've had in the past. All the every every gig I've had in the past. Now I'm working way more because the reason why, Robert, I'm working so much more right now is because everything is working. There's a lot of momentum right now. Mm. Like, for example, one thing that I do is I do a lot of shows as a guest speaker. This is, I'm not joking, this is about the, I think, the 150th episode I've done since March of 2020 as a guest nice. speaker. Wow. Um, this is a, a, a great way for me to meet awesome people like you. It's a great way to meet new people who listen to the show and reach out at the end of it. Um, it's a great way to constantly sharpen my my skills of, of presenting. Like I've learned even more about the things that I sell because I have to prep for it before I get on a show, before I go speak somewhere. So it's kind of like now that things are working out, I'm even working even harder now. So I, I just wanted to make that like key part is that, you know, and, and, and just to talk about that is that when, when things work out, I think you really want to go above and beyond and double down on them because it's really hard in the business world to get something to work. So when yeah. it does work, you really want to capitalize on it and make it grow exponentially. Absolutely. So how so how did you keep yourself afloat during the pandemic? Yeah, actually, I was luckily during the pandemic, I was actually swamped. Like 
it was between the, the pandemic was between um, working as an executive and then working in, in my own company. So I was actually swamped. I was working like 12 hours a day. Um, I was really occupied. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, I, like um, a lot of like my friends and family were going crazy, you know, quarantine and like just being alone at home. But I was actually like, it, like, I mean, I hate to say, but it actually helped me out because it took away all the distractions. I couldn't leave anywhere. So yeah. it was like it was like a good problem to have of like just being locked in somewhere and you I had to do podcasting I had to do all my uh social media stuff I had to do all my research I had nowhere else to go so I like doubled down on everything and and really focused uh, and got a lot of stuff done um and and you know a lot of stuff right now the, the things I'm doing right now the systems I have in place were from from the pandemic from from that time period Yeah see it's all about what what you do so obviously yes. you know having a pandemic is not a good thing yes but yeah. but it's it's how you react to it and that's everything that's everything yes. in life i started this in yes. march in march of 2020 like you know that was supposed to be my my year of getting in-person paid speaking gigs and everything and i did did one on march 1st and then then everything went to hell on march 3rd <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so i was like you know what so i'll just start i'll just start podcasting then and I just started it. Like I, yeah. I didn't really have an outline. I didn't really know what I want wanted the topic to be yet. I I didn't know any any of that stuff. I I just got started, and that's one message I try to preach on this show all the time. And even once we get into the heart of the financial stuff, to tell people if any if anything that you say resonates, like just just start the process. Like just yep. start. It's like we're always well. I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till this is better. I'll wait till this time. It's like. Like we don't, we don't have tomorrow. We have now. Yes. <laughs> we have right now, this moment. That's it, you know. And people wait too long, and then next thing you know, five years has gone by, and they're still in the same boat. Yeah, two things I want to mention is that you know, it's not about what happens to you; it's how you react. You know, twenty yeah. percent of life is what happens to you; eighty percent is how you react. So your yeah. reaction to something is far greater than the actual condition of it. Yeah. So, like you know, people I know people who lost everything in, in the beginning of the, co- in the COVID, the, the pandemic. And I know other people who benefit, unfortunately, you know, benefited from the, the pandemic. So it's about your attitude and, and your reaction. And then another thing too is you definitely, if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you have to make it a habit to seize moments. Like you have to yes. like tighten the gaps, like tighten the periods of time between learning about something and then taking action in between that. You want to shorten that. The most successful people I know, um, assume that tomorrow is they assume that tomorrow is not going to come it's not going to happen you know what yeah. i mean their their mentality is very different from the average person the average person thinks i could do it next year i could do it two years from now i could do it 10 years from now there's no there's no rush really um successful people look at it as you know if you have the chance to do it right now you take that chance because you, you might not get this chance again but at the same time they're also very patient and persistent so if, if, if it doesn't work if if it's if something needs 20 years to be built they'll they'll do it over a 20 year period but it's about the opportunities and tightening in the gaps between learning about an opportunity and seizing that moment yeah exactly like when, when i'm when i'm give, giving speeches i always i always yeah. do i do one circle a yeah. line and then one circle yeah and i say one line you have problem yeah one line solution most people stay here yeah, right, right in the middle, and that's where stress, anxiety, depression—you know—that's that. That's where like all of those problems arise because we we hang in the middle, and it's like this is what what we want. It's over there, but I'm just I just don't either have the courage to go get it, 
or just whatever it is, but too many people hang out in the middle. It's like when you have a problem, the quicker you get to the solution, the better. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're, you're 100% right. Yeah, exactly. Just being in that moment in the middle, that's very problematic. And then more problems happen, more stress, like you said, more stress, more anxiety, more things come up in that middle time. So you definitely want to close doors and and make, and here's another thing too, Robert, is you want to make decisions. Like, uh, I forgot who said, uh, I think it was Rolf Emerson said um, that the best thing you could do is the right decision. That's number one. Mm. The second best thing you could do is the wrong decision. And the yeah. third thing you could do is the wrong is, is sorry is no decision. So it's better to make the wrong decision than it is to make no decision at all. Yeah. And again, successful people are very good at making decisions, and they are they make firm decisions too. So you you think of an idea or something, you act upon it, and then you close that door. You make a decision in a way that closes that door and prevents it from from any lag period in between or any kind of stalling in between. There, you're making sharp decisions, and you're really going from point A to point B to point C. On like you're stepping on solid stones and not just yes. hanging out in, in in the middle. And to add on to that as well is now you can see the opportunities because when you're in the midst of the fire, yes, you're you you can't see you can't yes. see that there, there's a fire extinguisher right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, like you can't see it when yeah. you're in the fire. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I was like, I I use I use analogies like that a lot a lot on this show because you know people always say. You know, things need things need to happen, or something yes. has to give. I think just don't let to know that because you're in that mindset, you're not seeing all the opportunities for you to have the success that that you want. Like I say all the time, everybody buys on Amazon. Yes, people don't know you can make money on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. it's like it's like people people don't understand that. Like, there's so many opportunities. So w- whenever I hear that there is nothing out there, I'm like, you're just not looking because there's plenty plenty of stuff out there. So how did you make the jump into financial services? Yeah. So I made the jump into financial services really from reading the book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. I read the book. At the end of the book, there was a section that that asked if you wanted to be part of the community. I applied, I got accepted into the program, went through an eight week rigorous training program. I have a mentor who's helped me throughout the process. And yeah, that's what I got. That's kind of, it was all from one book. I read it actually to go further into the story. I actually read read the book and then talked to somebody from the organization. And then they're like, yeah, we actually have our annual conference coming up in like two weeks in Michigan. I live in Chicago. It was about a five hour drive into okay. Michigan. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I literally just ended up in Michigan at a conference from a book that I read and it just, everything that just happened so fast. And I kind of just took that leap. I didn't really, you know, I didn't know what to expect. It's kind of like how you mentioned, like you're, you're here and then there's the, the potential solution here, you know, in between there, you don't know what's going to happen until you actually get there. So yes. during the process of driving to Michigan, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be worth it. I didn't know if it was going to be something I liked or enjoyed. But I said, you know, the only way to find out is to, you know, jump from that level to the next level and see for myself. Actually, just open the door, see if it's worth it or not. See, and that goes back to the making decisions. Yeah. Because it's like you you don't know if the decision's right or wrong yeah. until you try. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah. like. Even in the gym world, you know, like I have a 20, a 20 foot climbing rope in my facility and yeah. so, so many people are like, I can't do that. I'm like, how do you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, what's the first step? How do you lock in? Like, I, I, I don't exactly. So how do you know you can't do it? Like, you don't even know what the process is yet. And, and, yeah. and I see that in the business world as well. Like I'll, I'll tell someone, all right, so you work as, as a manager, like you have to give 
meetings, right? I can I can help you better connect with your staff. You know, like what, what's that gonna cost? It'll cost you two thousand dollars. Oh my god, that's ridiculous! Like, but but I'm gonna change how you talk to people for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you pay me one time, and I change the way you operate for your entire life. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard to get people to, to realize that, but they'll blow two thousand on the cruise in a second. Oh yeah, you know, one hundred percent. People, you know, I saw this. I keep seeing this meme actually more and more. It's like, um, you don't have time to read but you have two hours a day for netflix you don't have money yeah. for a course but you have thousands of dollars for iphones and laptops you know yeah. you don't have um i forgot it was like you don't have it was just so many different contradicting things that people yes. contradict themselves especially with time and money like for example the situation where you told that person you know two thousand dollars you know what if you are for example what if you're a lawyer and you just learn how to improve the way you speak to people you pay two thousand dollars that's literally one case. You make your money back just by yeah. acquiring one new client. That's a fraction, actually, of a case. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, like, you know, just you just do one thing and then you get to recoup your entire investment over and over again. And, you know, successful people keep doing that over. They find these programs and these courses to take advantage of because they know they're going to get their money back on. And they know if they don't spend their money on the courses and training, they're going to go spend it on stupid things, things that you can't really recuperate or get back or, in, or, or that are things that are going to help you grow. Yes. And, and again, that goes back to floating in the middle because like yeah. no, nobody wants to live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. No, nobody wants to struggle, but people are so afraid of success. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like that's actually a thing. Like p- people are afraid of that. Yes. All right. So when when you're working, when you're working with clients, what's one of the number one problems that you see? Yeah. When I work with clients, number one problem, I, one of the one of the common problems I see is people don't know their financial situation. You know, so we'll talk about, for example, like we do a financial analysis and then we'll go through like how much money they make, how much money they have in their retirement accounts, how much debt they have, what their goals are. They don't know these things and they're not to blame. These aren't things that we look over every day. It's not a, it's not a usual thing to go through all your financials every day. Mm. That's something that maybe people with like backgrounds in finance or accounting or banking probably do maybe not necessarily, but Really, most people are not walking around knowing exactly how much money they have, how much their liabilities are, how much money they're planning on making. But I think that it's it's an important practice to to do so. So one thing that I do for clients is I have something called a personal financial tracker, and it doesn't have to be this this tracker. You could there's there's hundreds of software out there that you could use and different methods. This is just one method I have is I I just use an Excel sheet that outlines all of your expenses and, and sorry your your income your assets you have, and then all your liabilities. And like, for example, you log in, like you see today's date, and then it's like how much you have in your checking, how much you have in your savings, how much you have in your like IRA or 401k, cash value life insurance, or whatever the case is, all your assets assets that you have, how much you earn that day in income. And on the far right of it is how much your liabilities are, like credit card ending in one, two, three, four, credit card ending in five, 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 five. You know, you see the liabilities and you see how much the, that current balance is of, as of that day. And then now what happens is, is as you're seeing these numbers over and over again, you get better at reducing them. Like when you when you start seeing debt go down and then your assets go up and then your income go up. And there's also a column in the middle of expecting income. So I would put like how much I'm expecting to make coming up. Or like, for example, if like I have some sort of account receivable, something, some sort of money that I'm expecting to make from any other, any, any type of way, I add that in. So now your brain is thinking like you start to make decisions that revolve around increasing your assets, increasing your income, reducing your liabilities, paying down your debt. You start to make these decisions in your head subconsciously. So now you become like you start to make money and save more money in autopilot mode. 
Uh, and I think that's something that's a problem that a lot of people don't do. And I, and I, and I want to help them do these things. I want to, I want to be their, you know, money problem solver. So that's one thing we do. All right. So let's talk about that vision that I read earlier is knowing that clients will never lose money with us. Yes. Right? That's, a, that's a bold state statement. Yeah. So, so take me through that. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of, uh, a lot of times what we do is when we help clients, we help them with the bank on yourself solution and the bank on yourself solution really involves guaranteed growth of your principal. Um, you'll never have to worry about the stock market crashing. You'll never have to worry about some sort of wrong investment where that'll reduce your principal. So um, one way to really understand this is to check out the book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. The book talks about the strategy and I could actually send you a free copy if you reach out to us at the end of the show. If you reach out to us, I'll send you a free copy of the book and it talks about how you could do this, how you can grow guaranteed wealth outside of the stock market. You don't have to worry about a recession or depression or a real estate market crash or stock market crash. Really, you don't have to worry about any type of volatility towards your money. And there's, there's logical ways of explaining that. Um, it would be too much to explain all of it in this podcast, but definitely yeah. I would check out the book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. And I could even send you a free copy of the book if you reach out. What's what's the your name? Uh, the Bank on Yourself Revolution. Oops, wrong one. <laughs> right, Bank on Yourself Revolution. By Pamela Yellen. Yeah, I think the book is on um, Kindle. For like twelve dollars, but if you reach out, I'll send you a free copy of that book. Nice. All right, so spell her last name for me. Uh, Yellen, Y E L L E N. Pamela e- Yellen. Okay. Up, up here on the screen. Bank on yourself, revolution, Pamela. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep. All right, perfect, perfect. All right, so so now, so for someone who got hit hard during during the pandemic, I mean, I yeah. know it's, t- it's technically still going on. Yeah, yeah. But and they're kind of leery about about investing. How how do you ease their ease their concerns? Yeah, definitely. So, um, um, a couple of things, you know. So, like, if we're, you know, so many ways to address this. You know, I would mm-hmm. first want to like recommend some advice or some 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 things. There's some general tips for people to kind of get out of some financial hardship is number one, know your numbers, like know exactly how much you have, how much you want to have, how much, like all these different metrics in your life, financial metrics, like really, really drill down on them and practice. Like you're not going to do this perfectly the first time, uh, but you should still try. A lot of people also don't do this because they don't know how to do like financial projections. It sounds intimidating, but really um, there are ways that you could do it on a, in a very basic level. And then number two is hire somebody who, who does this. Say like work with somebody who's a mentor, a coach, a financial coach, who can mentor you to get to financial success, who will help you set up these trackers and help you really accomplish your financial goals. And then number three, which I think should come before number two, and that is know your goals, like know your objectives, Mm -hmm. like know where you want to go and really use money as a tool to get to certain things. I don't think money itself should be a tool, really. It should be used, like, for example, like, um, like, you know, let's say your goal is to have a million dollars in retirement. Well, it's more than that. It's to have a million dollars in retirement. So that way you can live off of, you know, $50,000 a year in passive income without having to work. And then why? So that way you could travel the whole world. So now your goal is what, what will it take for you to travel the world in retirement? You know, so you kind of want to keep going with certain things. Like, you know, a lot of people just stop at like, my goal is a hundred thousand dollars a year. My goal is a hundred thousand dollars a month. But like, What's, what's going to happen with that money? What are you going to spend it yes. on? What are you going to invest it in? What's going to really happen? And then think about those things that like keep going. Like, I think there should, there's, you know, I, w- I was reading a book and it said there should at least be seven whys or something. Like, like you ask somebody a question and then they, whatever they say, you say, you know, why? 
And then that should happen seven times because the seventh, I don't know why, but the seventh why is that's the one that you really want to do. That's like the bullseye, the seventh one, the seventh reason you give. That is the target. That's the bullseye. And that's the, that's your actual goal. Yeah. And that's true in fitness as well. Like someone comes to me and says, I want to lose 50 pounds. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, and usually you get the, I, I call them the BS answers in the yeah. beginning. It's like, oh, well, because, you know, pick a, pick a reason. I just want to be healthier. You know, like that's what I hear all the time. I just want to be healthier. Like, okay, you can't measure that. It's like, why? And as well, you know, my clothes are getting, are getting too tight. Okay. Yeah. And why, why does that bother you? And then you get down the line. It's like, you know, my husband and I aren't as intimate as we used to be. It's like, there it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, so you that's, want to... that's the reason why you actually called me. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, then, and then you connect everything now towards that. So let's work out so that way you can be more intimate with your spouse. Let's do, let's yes. do right. So that way you can be more intimate with yourself. So everything revolves around that. I love that. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And, and I tell people to, to make it bigger than yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, people who watch this show on the regular, I say that all the time, like no matter what you're dealing with, make it bigger than yourself. And like, as you were saying, you know, you want to make a million dollars. Why? It's yeah, like, yeah. What are you going to do with this? Like, do you want to give back to the community? Do you want to start a nonprofit? You know, or do you just want to just be me? I hate to say it this way, but some people just want to be selfish. That's fine too. But, yeah. but, but just whatever your motives are, if it's bigger than just, I want to make X amount to make X amount, then it's very easy to fall back. Yeah. You know, so again, using weight weight loss at, as an example, it's like, remember what you were saying to me about you and your husband? It's like, aren't you tired of feeling like that? You know, the, yeah, then get your ass back to the gym, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like, like, you got to circle back to that bigger picture. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So what types of people do you work, do you work with? Like, do, do you, like, do you do work with? corporations do you work with individuals do you do groups yeah so both mostly individuals even even when I, when I work with corporations it's on an individual level so it's small businesses small business owners and we're directly involved with the with the people so I'm more concerned about working with the people I don't have like you know for example like you have to make at least a hundred thousand dollars a year to get on my calendar um, yeah. I work with anybody who wants to 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 find financial freedom in their life somebody who really wants to step outside of the rules of making money and earning money and really wants to put things in their own perspective, um, in their own lens, kind of. That's what, that's who I want to work with. Um, somebody who's pretty much, you know, out of college or, you know, any, any range from out of college to retiring, you know, any kind of in, in that range, I can help clients in all 50 States. We could meet over zoom over video zoom or over the phone. And yeah, and I'd lo- definitely love to talk to you and help you kind of understand your financial goals, what you want to accomplish. And I take a definitely, I take a, a like a unbiased approach. So if somebody wants to, whatever their goals are, I help them achieve their, their, their those goals, regardless of my goals. So I put the client's goals first and then really drill down and we okay. figure out metrics to see if it's actually working. Like our reaction, like for example, in your world, like if a client hires you to help them like lose weight, let's just say, you know, they want to lose 20 pounds and, you know, two months have gone by and they haven't lost a pound. They're going to look at you and say, like, this isn't really working. This program, mm-hmm. this coaching isn't really working. You know what I mean? So you're going to make it your job to make sure they're going to lose weight. So that way, <laughs> you know, like, so same thing in our situation. Like if somebody's like, hey, you know, I want to get out of debt and two months goes by and their debt is even climbing, they're going to look at us and say, this doesn't even work. Like this is all BS. This, this program mm-hmm. doesn't even work. <laughs> so, so true. So 
I had, I had some, I, I knew I should, I should have wrote it down because I lost my train of thought. Oh, that's what it was. For the people watching live, if you have any questions, type them down in the comments and we'll, we'll pull them up live. So if you're watching on the audio later, then just, uh, you can e email me or Sarah, if you want to give your, your email. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should I just type, type in the chat? Y yeah. Just tell, just tell me and I'll put it on the screen. Oh yeah, sure. So you can go to the website. It's Finn assetprotection.com f-i-n asset a-s-s-e-t protection.com okay there we go all right yeah perfect and then from the link there you could schedule an appointment you could connect with me on linkedin you could check out the podcast you could do everything from this from this link okay perfect yeah because uh so we got we got a bunch of people watching so i said if anyone has questions feel free to fire away and we'll and we'll ask so all right, so what's next for you? Yeah, next for me is I want to help as many people as possible. I also want to start a not-for-profit organization that helps people in all 50 states completely for free, no charge at all, oh, wow. getting out of debt and helping with any really financial financial problems, whether it's bankruptcy, foreclosure, they have too much debt. I, I want to start a national uh, not-for-profit agency that completely for free for people and takes it very seriously. So it's not just like a free 15 minute call, but it's a free program that you could do in any situation you're in completely for free. Our only source of revenue will be just through donations. That's it. Um, either from the people we're helping or from people outside of it. So, you know, somebody who has nothing to do with the organization just wants to contribute to it because they think it's a good idea. That's my next big step. I have no idea how to do that. I don't know how to start a national not-for-profit agency, but that's, that's what I have next. I, I absolutely love love that. that. That brings me back to when I started my gym. Yeah. Like I, I took I took my notebook and I sketched out how I wanted it to look. Yeah. And again, I had bad credit. I had no savings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm a college dropout. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna make this happen. I'm like, but it's gonna happen. I, I remember my mother even asking me, like, how are you going to do this? I, said, I have no clue. I said, yeah. I just know that I'm good at connecting with people. Yes. Yeah. I said, so I'm just going to focus on that. <laughs> and then we'll just see how it unfolds. And then I ended up getting enough clients to where we, we were able to, to get it going. But that's why in the beginning, when I do my teachable moments, it's usually around taking action. Like I, my, for my show on Friday, it was just get started. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the teachable moment was like. If you have something on the tip of your tongue that you want to do, just get the process started. And then you'll be surprised. You'll start seeing those opportunities. Because like once you get your head out of the, the sea of doubt, then you'll be able to see the opportunities ahead ahead of you. And you know, for the people, people listening now, this is an opportunity. Connecting with this man is an opportunity. <laughs> right? It's right here. It's in front of you. If you're struggling with any type of money issues, the solution is right here for you on the screen. Okay, go to finassetprotection.com and connect with, with him. All right. So in your initial consult consultation, so I know I know you said you do an you do an F and A. Do you do anything else? Yeah, so I do also real estate investing. So for example, like um there's a couple of different ways that people can invest in real estate. One way is actively and the other way is passively. So active real estate investing is where like you go out. You find the properties, you assess everything, you hire the contractors, you talk to tenants, you're doing all, you're actively involved in the business, you're doing all the work. And the other type is passive. Passive is, is really, it's a, it's a really unique way of investing in real estate. It's where, for example, you're a busy professional, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a school teacher, whatever the case is, 
and you want to be involved in real estate, but you don't have the time to do it, nor do you have the expertise to do it. You don't know how to do it, but you just invest in somebody's fund or somebody else's project as a partner in a deal. So for example, like when you see a, like a 100 unit building, for example, that's like $10 million. It's not just like one person usually that owns it. It's usually like a hundred people who got together and partnered and bought that mm -hmm. property. And there's usually like a general partner or a leader of the, of that organization who, who leads the whole project. And then everybody else just invests as a, as a limited partner. You're limited in the sense of what you could do. You're just, you're just involved in funding the part uh, partially funding the project. So uh, that's something that I'm an advocate of. I'm in the process of doing that myself, of being a limited partner in real estate deals. And that's something I can help clients too. We actually, we figure this out from the financial analysis is that, you know, if we, we would look at that, if that's something they're interested in, if, if it's something they're open to, we could definitely connect them with, you know, numerous different general partners who do real estate, it's called real estate syndication. That's where you partner with real estate deals, you know, numerous of those, of, of those people. Uh, so this way you can kind of evaluate them and pick the best ones you want, ones that you really connect with. It's it's all about the people you're working with. It's about connecting with the people, not so much about the property, not so much about the property type or, you know, any of those uh, tangible things, but really about the actual person you're dealing with. So, uh, so definitely if you want to, if you're interested in doing passive real estate investing, where like you want to just invest in real estate, not do any work at all and get monthly distributions from deals, you can also reach out to us at finassetprotection.com and schedule a call with us. And I'll help you walk through that process to see if it's a good fit for you. Did I, did I, I spelled that wrong. Oh yeah. It's a fin asset. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. I just caught that. <laughs> I just caught that now. Got an extra, extra S in there. There we go. Asset.com. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So typically how long, I mean, I, I know it, it depends on people's, people's yeah. uh, financial situation, but like how long can people start noticing results? when they work with you? Oh, it depends. It really depends. I'd say from my experience, the shortest period of time where somebody saw some positive feedback or positive results, uh, maybe almost instantly, like maybe a week after implementing two weeks later, like there was just one thing they needed to do. And we helped them. We, we went through every, all their, their, their analysis and we figured out like you, all you have to do is just one move. Like for example, like if somebody's in a situation where it's a, it's an urgent situation, like, do I sell stocks? Do I take out a mortgage? Do I take out a line of credit? Do I leverage, you know, different types of vehicles? You know, that's something we possibly we could figure out in a, in a very short period of time. And then the longest really is, you know, somebody who wants to plan somebody who wants to save for retirement. So, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's hard to, to measure that. It's hard to say, like if somebody's 40 years old, for example, 40, and then we start to plan for retirement at age 70, Technically, after you know they fund the solution, they start they fund the the, the policy, then it's working for them, right? Because they're on track now. Uh, and the other way to look at it is we'd have to wait until age seventy, right? So it's kind of a, it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to measure, but yeah, I would I would say somebody could see d different results as soon as they get on the analysis call with us, and then all the way to maybe a few years until things are you know in working in your favor. So um, it's definitely a long term solution. It's a it's, this is we want to understand your goals long term. It's not meant to like. How do we flip, you know, money tomorrow? Because well, we're not going to be able to do so. You know, yeah. we, it's more of a long-term solution. It's a it's a long-term relationship as well. When we complete the the solution, it's not it doesn't just end there. We have six month reviews. Every six months, we have reviews with their children, grandchildren, business partners. So it's a definitely it's a it's a it's a long-term relationship. We also connect with their accountants, their lawyers, other professionals involved in their life. And really work with them throughout the process. We're more of coaches and, and helpers rather than just you know financial advisors. It's more of a it's more of a, a long term coaching program. 
So you're taking the generational approach. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love I love that. That's awesome. That's really awesome. All right. So so do you work so, solo or do, do you have a team? Yeah, I, I, I um I do ever I do more of the client meetings. I also have two assistants who help me with like appointments, help me with other things, other administrative work. But yeah, it's it's just me right now. And uh we're gonna have I have a mentor also helps me with cases. So yeah, it's definitely super busy and it can get hectic at times, but I also, you know, I do a lot of checklists as you can see right here. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of different um, organizational patterns to keep things, you know, to keep things tight and to keep things consistent. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was just asking, cause that's a lo- lofty goal to build that, that nonprofit you want. You're going to need, you're going to need a crew. Yeah, I'm gonna need. Yeah, I'm gonna need a crew. I'm gonna need an accountant that knows how to structure those not for profits. I'm gonna need, you know, uh, yeah, it's probably it's gonna be a big operation. You know, it's probably I need to start off with maybe 20 people. I need an office mm. somewhere. I need, you know, all these different parts, moving parts that'll happen. You know, happen. So I think it'll happen slowly. Uh, but um, I I think that there's definitely ways to do things in in smaller steps mm. than to do it all at once. And the oh, smaller yeah. steps are actually more, it's it's more productive to do things in smaller steps than it is to try to do everything overnight in one huge, massive step. But yeah, definitely. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's definitely doable with the right project management techniques and mm-hmm. um, organizational techniques, using a calendar, using checklists, helping, asking people for help, you know, documenting things. There's a lot of tools and ways and methods of being able to do things in um to almost duplicate yourself. Like think about it this way. Like how does somebody, for example, Let's just say somebody owns 100 McDonald's locations. Like one person, one guy owns 100 McDonald's locations, you know, in different states and different cities. Like that person probably has systems and methods of ways of keeping track of everything without without having to be at 100 places at the same time. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, probably have like reg- regional managers and yeah. stuff, stuff of that of that yeah. nature. Yes, but the one thing that you said there that I wanted to highlight was, uh, and I lost it. <laughs> I got to see, I got to get back to writing stuff, stuff down. You had said, um, all right, let me move on. <laughs> so if it comes back, let me yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. If it comes, if it comes back, it would yeah, see, and that, that's why I'm constantly write, writing stuff down because yeah. I lose stuff, but I was yes. like, nah, I'll, re- I'll remember that, but I lost it. <laughs> so, so anyway, so getting back to, the nonprofit. So now I'm assuming you're going to start local in Illinois. So no, actually no, uh, because right now I'm doing everything virtually. So I'm doing everything right oh, now in, right. in all 50 states. I have clients in California, in Washington, in Florida, you know, all over the country. So yeah, I, I'm going to do the not-for-profit. I'm going to start off doing it virtually and remotely, you know, okay. like in, in all 50 states. Maybe even, you know, depending on licensing and things like that, maybe even in Canada too. So like all over the, all over North America. And then we could probably spread to other countries. I want to be like a like an international center point for for people who have financial problems, don't have the money to pay for financial advice, uh, but could still leverage professional help uh, for free. You know, um, and then our only source of uh, financing would be through donations and maybe even some government grants. I don't know how government grants work, but maybe through mm. that, that method. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure if properly positioned. Yes you're going to get some some good good donations for, for that and you'll get you'll get media coverage as well yeah definitely and then you know people who donate typically get tax breaks they get tax deductions when they donate to not-for-profit organizations so somebody mm-hmm. who's like a wealthy 
business owner could, you know, save on taxes while contributing to a good cause. Yes. All right. So what would you say, say to someone? I, I know, I know I sort of asked you this earlier, but to, for someone, if they're just in dire straits right now, like what's the best way for them to get started? Yeah. Best way. Number one way is just schedule a free call with somebody. Uh, that's the best way. Like number one, just schedule a free call. It doesn't have to be with me. It could be with anybody. Just go out there and talk to somebody. That's, I think, number one for any situation in life is just to talk to somebody uh, about your problem. Somebody who has competency and is familiar with your problem, who's worked with other people who have similar problems, who's even had similar problems to yourself. Uh, go out there and just t- do like a free 15-minute call. Don't even think about it. Just schedule a free 15-minute call with us or somebody else. Get on the phone with them and just talk about some of your problem and see if that person is a good fit, if they're actually listening to you and if they could potentially help you. I wouldn't pay for any initial advice right away. Just do a free call somewhere, uh, learn about that person, have them learn about you and see if it's a good fit to proceed. But yeah, definitely that's the easiest thing you can do. Just pick up the phone and call somebody or schedule a call with somebody. Yes. And again, you said, you said the key, the key word there, find someone who knows about the topic you're going through. Yes. Yes. Because too many times we find other people who are struggling with what we're struggling with. And then people play the, Oh, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> you know, like I can never understand that mentality is like, all right. So I'm struggling. So I'm happy that they're struggling too. Yeah. You, you, that's the other thing too, is you never want to complain who, to people who can't help you. You yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't really, um, yeah, there are good friends out there who listen to you, but at the same time, really, like nobody could really help you unless, like, number one, you could help yourself, and then number two, from a professional standpoint, you need you need you do need it sometimes in like professional help. So, yeah, I would only you know complain to people who could uh, who are in a, in a position to actually help you. Yes, yeah, just find the people that have the have the success that you're looking for. Like I see it in fitness all the yeah, time. Yep. One of, one of my clients, she's a little over fifty, and she said one of her friends told her that you know you're wasting your time trying to be skinny you're over 50 it's never going to happen just accept it and my first qu- question to her i was like is she healthy and she's like she's like no i said see then don't don't take that to heart <laughs> you know it's, it's like you you can't you can't let that that offend you if it's coming from someone who's not fit cuz someone who was fit and they're over 50 they can give you the blueprint to what they did i realize everyone's body types and metabolisms are different but she, she can, he or she can at least put you on, on a path to get you where you want to be versus listening to the person that's let themselves go. And so they're trying to bring you where they are instead of the other way around. You know, so yeah, you're so right here. You're 100% right. Exactly. Yeah. You and and people take advice from people who haven't done the things that they're, they want to do, like as if mm-hmm. they're, you know. I don't know what it is, but I think when you trust people, it kind of alters the way you think about their advice. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. You know, I I agree one hundred percent. You go out there, get professional help, work with work with professionals who are in the industry that you're having a problem with, whether it's financial, whether it's health, whether it's mental. You know, whatever the situation is, is go out there and talk to people for free, typically, um, and just do it over the phone. You don't have to drive anywhere, and then just talk to somebody who can help you. So, what's the number one thing you help people with? financial um, certainties, financial clarity. I help them get a financial picture of what they want to do. That's the number one thing I do. All right. So, so dive a little deeper into that. Okay. Uh, All right. So like 
the number one thing I do is I help people reach their financial goals. If somebody wants to get out of debt, I help them get out of debt. If somebody wants to build a business, I help them build a business. You know, if somebody wants to, so I, I take a, an approach and I ask the client, what is it that you want to accomplish? And I help them reach that. That's the number one thing I do. Okay. So I'm going to ask this because I'm sure someone's going to yeah. think it. All right. So, yeah. so if someone's deep in debt, they may be afraid of making the, the investment to help get out of debt. So how do you help them see past that? Yeah. So it's, it's, it always helps to identify what type of debt it is and, and, and how much of it is and what their goals are for it. Like, for example, like, there's a distinction between good debt and bad debt, right? Yeah. Like good debt, it could be, you know, the, the your mortgage or a line of credit against your home. That could be an example of a good debt because interest rates are so low. And there's typically a lot of flexibility with those types of loans. And they're typically long-term. They're spread out over like 30 years. So the payments are going to be really small. And then there's other, and then there's bad debt, which is like credit cards and, you know, car payments and things like that. So really we want to understand what type of debt it is and then what their goals are. Like if somebody wants to be completely debt-free like next year, or if somebody wants to control some of their higher interest payments and get those out of the way, but they're, they're okay with the other types of debt. So really it's, it's a really, it's a diagnosis process. It's a way that we have to kind of take a step back from everything we know. There really is no should, like you should be in this situation. I hate that word. I hate when somebody mm. says, you know, you're 40 years old, you should be here. You're 50, you should be here. You're 60, you should be here. Those are all irrelevant. What if you're 20 years old, you want to be a multi-billionaire? That's your decision. That's what you yeah. want to do. So that's what you should work for. Do you know what I mean? We want, we want to understand those things that people, um, wanting to get to and then we kind of we look at also what they're doing and what has worked for them too so like if somebody for example is 40 years old they make forty thousand dollars a year but they want to have a million dollars by next year like what else do you know what else do you do are you expecting it to inherit money or do you also are you building a, pro a project or a business like what else are you doing that that will get you to your goal of having a million dollars next year those are the things we want we really want to understand okay so do you help do you help people with um, negotiation with creditors? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We do. Um, we do ha help with that. Um, uh, negotiation, we, you know, I have a referral source to an attorney who only specializes in that, who reaches out to banks and, and makes deals with banks. So absolutely. Yeah, we have numerous resources that can help people financially, almost in every single way through other referral partners we have who are, who are, knowledgeable of our concept and our theories uh who could definitely help people uh in in many different financial ways i gotta ask how, how old are you <laughs> guess guess how old i am uh, i'd say no more like, i'd say like 28 <laughs> i'm uh actually 31 31 30 was was actually my first guess <laughs> but then i was but then i was like he actually doesn't doesn't look 30. Oh, thank, you. <laughs> so, thank you. Wow, that's awesome. You, you, you have a really great grasp of this. Of this. Thank you. I mean, obviously, it's your business, but but just still. But for just being so so young, you know, like you had a really, really good grasp on this. And I'll definitely, you know, do my best to, to fun, funnel some traffic your way. Thank you. Because I, I think you. what you're doing is great. And I think this is something that, especially coming out of the pandemic, that a lot of people are struggling, struggling with. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, it definitely hit, hit me very hard when, when the gyms were, were shut down. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, I was able to, to stay, stay afloat with virtual classes and stuff, but you know, it def definitely took its toll and I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that have as well. So give us, give us some final thoughts. Yeah. Final thoughts, go out, talk to somebody, schedule an appointment with us. 
um, or reach out to other people who do what we do, similar things, financial coaching, financial planning. Um, you could reach out to us and yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to help you. I'd love to listen to what you want to do and to see if we're a good fit to see if I could actually help you accomplish that, you know? So yeah, definitely. All right. Sounds good. Love it. So thank you very much for taking the time. Thanks. And uh, sharing your knowledge, your expertise. Uh, I said I learned a lot sitting here and uh, like, like you said, we can go on and on about this. Yeah. So if, if you wanna if you wanna come on it come on again, I mean I'm I'm booking until March now, I think, but uh yeah, come on and we can just pick a pick a topic and just hammer it out for the whole hour. Yeah, absolutely. All right, awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. All right, well you have yourself a great day. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna I have some connections for for you too. I have some podcast friends that Oh uh, yeah, I'd love that for sure. That get on there with them. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thanks. See you later. All right. All right. So th that was Sari. If you just tuned in late, talking about how to make your money work for you. And he's got a lot of great, great knowledge. Love what, love what he's doing. He's got this big vision about getting a nonprofit into all 50 states to help people with financial literacy for free. So that's awesome. So you can get in touch with him, with him here at finassetprotection.com. For those on the audio, it's F-I-N, asset, the way it sounds, protection.com. Have a free consultation with him if you if you need any type of financial assistance because it doesn't hurt the chat. So that's all I got for you. I will be back with you tomorrow because, remember, I had to cancel yesterday's show, but I'm going to be speaking with her tomorrow. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at Robert underscore B underscore Foster. On Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.